You can't follow me now. But notice the strength of the tense that Jesus used to tell Peter what's going to happen. He didn't say you will follow me later. He said you shall. Now many of us are familiar with what happened with Peter. Okay? Well, okay, let me finish reading it. Verse 37, then Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Really? Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you've denied me three times. The rooster shall not crow till you've denied me three times. Now, let me read that same scenario from Luke chapter 22. Just so we can get a complete picture. Luke chapter 22. Jesus was speaking to Peter. And he says to him that the enemy in verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that it may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And I want you to know that by extension, this message from Jesus to Peter is to all of us right now. In the same way as Satan has desired to sift Peter as wheat, you need to know that hell is on your case. Satan wants to make sure that the message that God has given us does not see the light of the day. But you also need to know something else. This is so powerful and it's so comforting. Jesus did not say to Peter, I will allow you to avoid that confrontation. He could have averted the issue, the occasion, the trial, the temptation, the persecution. He said, no, 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 no. That will be an easy way out. Rather, what I will do, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Number one. Secondly, when you return to me, strengthen your brother. So now, this answers some of the questions we have. That the possibility is there that I may have walked with him and go away from him. But the assurance we have is even in those moments somebody is praying for you. Oh, thank God for all the prayers that we know. Pastor Nee, Pastor Tosin, and all of you intercessors that pray very well. But if there's one person I want to call to pray for me, 
whose prayer I know will hit heaven and bring angels down on assignment. If there's one prayer that I know we get God's attention and bring solution and resolution to my situation is the Lord Jesus Christ. He says to Peter, I have prayed for you. And I want you to know, not just Peter today, I want to say to Bank, Bank, God has prayed for you. How do I know that? Because Jesus forever liveth. He lives now to make intercession for us. And if God be on your side, who can be against you? I may fall away. I may fall down. Micah said, if the righteous shall fall seven times, he shall arise again. Why? Because we have a God who is praying for us. He said to Peter, when you return to me, by implication, you're going to be away from me for a moment. But God said, I've got it figured out. I've factored your failure into the equation. Before you fail, I saw it. When you are rescued and delivered, I see it. And in fact, to show you that I've seen your rescue and your deliverance, I'm giving you an assignment. When you return to me, strengthen your brothers. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. We have help on our side, folks. That is the blessed assurance that we have help on our side. So now, Peter had so much confidence in his sincerity. It will never happen to me. Ah, uh, Jesus said, okay, we'll see. We'll see. Now go to John chapter 18. John chapter 18. John chapter 18. Verse 25. Now, now this is after Jesus has been arrested. And, and just, I don't want to belabor this point. Don't forget that Peter was among the three. Jesus had the twelve, he had the three, and he had the one. So he was in the inner circle. And yet, one that was that close to Jesus had a possibility of falling away. So now they just arrested Jesus. They've taken him away. And when that happened, most of the disciples fled. So before we give Peter a bad rap, please at least commend him that he followed from afar. <laughs> I mean, at least, at least he, he came in, he, came, he followed from afar. Amen? Now Simon stood and warmed himself. Therefore they said to him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden with him? 
Peter then denied again and immediately a rooster crowed. Now let me read it again from Luke 22. Because I want you to see what's happening here. Luke 22. In verse 60. Luke 22 verse 60. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. Look at verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. In other words, he made eye contact with him. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Unbelievable thing. Jesus had earlier on told Peter that this was going to happen. Peter said, absolutely not. It's, not, it's impossible. So here, here we are. He's been arrested. And he's been confronted. And three times, Peter said, I don't know the man. I don't know what you're talking about. And on that third denial, the cock crows. And in that instant, Jesus turned back and made eye contact with Peter to say, I told you so. And the Bible said, in fact, let me, let me read it. Let me read that verse. That as a result of that, verse 62, so Peter went out and wept bitterly. He went out and said, my God, what have I done? I have blown it. And there are some of you here right now, ministry-wise, you say, I've made this mistake, I've made that mistake, I've blown it. And you're at a point where you're ready to just pull the things down and say, you know what? To your tents, O Israel. Let me go pick back my fishing net. Let me go back to my profession. You're just sick and tired of what's happened to you. But you need to understand that God set you up for this hour. Jesus could have picked any number of things to explain to Peter what was about to happen. He could have said to Peter, before the moon shines, you would have denied me three times. He didn't. He could have said before uh, they, uh, 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 they, they lead me to the cross, you would have denied me three times. He could have used any number of metaphors to describe this scene and what was about to happen. But for some strange reason, he said before the court crows, or before the rooster crows, of all the animals in the kingdom, of all the birds in the air, he did not choose any of them but the cock or the crow. Why? Because Jesus knows precisely. He knows that this crowing of the cock will bring the two dimensions of the message to Peter. From Peter's perspective, he feels failure. He feels that he has disappointed his Lord. He feels that everything was already gone. That he has blown it. It's over. But from Jesus' perspective, it's not just the fact that it was over. Yes, you are in darkness. Yes, you've made mistakes. Yes, you've blown it. But Jesus being the master of grace, being the God of grace, 
in that same hour of darkness, wanted to give Peter a glimpse of hope. He wants him to know, even though you failed, failure is not your end. You will not be defined by a moment of weakness. You will not be defined by an hour when you are weak. You will not be defined or labeled for life because of mistakes you've made. And there are many of us in this room, we've made many mistakes. We've said things we regret. We've done things we wish we could take back. God does not want to label or define you by those hours. Your friends may call you bad names. Your family may not have understood. The ministry may not have understood why you did what you did. But God said, no, 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 no. Like Nathaniel, you may have spoken some wrong words. I see your end as a great end. I know, I have, I know the thoughts that I have of you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. So Peter, you are in darkness right now. You are disappointed right now. You are disillusioned right now. But Peter, did you see what happened? Did you hear the crowing of the cock? Because you see, cocks only crows at the dawning of a new day. They only crow when a new thing is about to happen. Cocks usher in a new era, a new season, a new day. So Peter, you may have called yourself a failure, but I want you to know in your failure, I'm turning it around. In your failure, I'm doing a new thing. In your messing up, I'm bringing forth a message. I want to repackage you. This is the beginning of your repackaging. This is not an end. This is just a beginning. A new season. A new era. Grace, grace is coming upon you. Hallelujah. Peter thought it was over. But Jesus said, you are just getting started. Oh, I don't know who God is talking to this morning. You think it's over. But God wants you to know this is a beginning. A brand new beginning. You can't do anything about your past. But you can walk in your future. And I speak to you right now. In the name of Jesus. The future that God has ordained for you. You will walk in it. You will soar in it. You will prosper in it. In the name of Jesus. The enemy will not take you down. The enemy will not hold you back. Satan cannot stop you. In the name of Jesus, you are unstoppable. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The cock has crawled. in a new season in your life with that sound he ushers in a new dimension of ruling and reigning with Christ Jesus here on the earth in the name of Jesus that same darkness that same trial that same tribulation that same persecution will be the same one from which God will turn the tables. Hallelujah. It's inside that same place that you are now that God will manifest himself and bring you to rise above the situation. Rise above the circumstance. Rise above everything that's held you back for his glory and his honor. Now, 
you and I have the benefit of hindsight. Being able to look back and see the message God was trying to give to Peter. But Peter, unfortunately, focused too much on the failure. And that's my, my warning to you guys here today. Don't focus on where you've missed it. Simply go back and pick up the axe head rather than focusing on where you've missed it and blown it. Peter blew so much and he focused so much on his blowing it, he failed to get the message God was giving him. How do I know that? Because in John 21, John 21, in verse 1, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night, they caught nothing. Of course you will catch nothing. Because God's destiny is different and apart from where you're going. But notice what happened here. Because Peter failed to get the message that God was trying to give him. He just simply went back to what he knew. And when you look at all these names in, Genesis, in John 21 verse 2. Peter. Who had just betrayed Jesus. Thomas, the doubter. Nathaniel, who spoke, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? So by now he's saying, yeah, I told you so. There's no good thing that can come out of Nazareth. Zebedee, the two sons of Zebedee, those were the ones that were striving for position. I want to be great in the kingdom of God. Notice this company. Each one of them had issues. And I'm saying to you, you're going to find people in your ministries, in your organizations, that misery will have company. They come together as a flock. And when Peter says, I'm going fishing, ah, this one and that one and that one that has issues already, we're going to go with you. Except they did not factor that Jesus will never give up. And I'm saying that to you right now. His love is an everlasting one. That's why Paul said we should get to know the length, the breadth, the depth, and the width, and the height, rather, of God's love. You cannot run far, you cannot run away far enough. It's not possible. It's not possible. So, but when the money had come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet, the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. They were going away from the assignment, but Jesus was pursuing them to bring them back to the assignment. My friend, you can run all you want. But I can tell you right now that Jesus is not ever going to give up on you. Verse 5, then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? They answered no. Of course he knew they didn't have any food. They'd been walking all night and caught absolutely nothing. And he said to them, he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. 
Now, this is interesting. All this while, they were in the boat. And obviously, they were casting their net on the left side. And Jesus showed up in the situation and said, you know what? Cast it to the right. Barely three feet from the supply. It's not a big distance. You are close enough, but far away enough. Jesus' instruction only took them about three feet away from where they were already fishing. The message to you and I is we are one act of obedience away from that breakthrough that we are looking for. One act of obedience. Because when they did that and cast the net on the right side, the Bible said they had a huge catch and they were unable to even drag it back to shore. I said it, I said it to you in John chapter 2. How God exceeds our expectation and turns our, our shortage into surplus. Yes. We see it again right here. They just didn't catch fish. The Bible said they catch large fishes. 153 of them. Large fishes. And at the end of the day, it was the same Peter who had earlier betrayed him that was able, based on Jesus' instruction, to drag that net back to the shore. What am I saying to you this, this afternoon as we get ready to close? Don't give up on the grace of God over your life. Don't give up on that grace. They dropped the net to the fish, to the, to the shore, and from what we know in scripture, the Bible told us the net did not break. It did not break. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus performed the exact same miracle with exact same personnel. Same people, same miracle, same fish. In Luke chapter 5, they caught the fish, the net broke. But in Luke chapter, um, in John 21, they just didn't catch fish. The Bible was clear to tell us they caught large fishes. You see, you thought you were doing well under the law. But when you come under grace, you just won't catch fish, you will catch large fishes. Because the grace of God working with you brings more result than you can ever attain on your own. And not only that, your nets will not break. I think God has spoken to us loud and clear. Can we just stand on our feet? He's spoken to us loud and clear. Hallelujah. Loud and clear. It's a new day. The cock has crowed. The cock has crowed. All of those mistakes. All of those disappointments. All of those bad things that's happened. Just cast them right now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which you are able to think or ask he has gone ahead of you he's multiplying your joy he's multiplying your harvest he's multiplying your results 
the King. And as Peter got that message ultimately, God will help us to get that same message. Because Jesus was so persistent. He did not leave Peter alone until Peter got the message. And so, Father, we thank you for every man, every woman right now under the sound of my voice. You have brought us together for four days of searching the scriptures, hearing your word, aligning ourselves to your purpose. And now we're thanking you that in this last day, you are telling us loud and clear that every thing that the enemy will throw at us, you will use those same things as a platform for our progress. And so, Father God, in the name of Jesus, in the place of discouragement, I thank you for encouragement. In the place of sadness and sorrow, I thank you for joy. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the place of heaviness, I thank you for the spirit of garments of praise. I thank you, Father God, for the oil of joy. In the name of Jesus, in the place of ashes, I thank you for beauty. My Lord and my God, that you will be the one to beautify us. In Jesus' name, that our ministries, our families, we will make progress. We will come. We will complete your purpose in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. We receive of you now. We bless you for it now. We live here with great faith, Lord God, believing you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We are thanking you right now in advance for the result that you are about to bring forth in our life. In the name of Jesus. That indeed you cause us to be the head and not the tail. Above only and never beneath, Father God. In the name of Jesus. That we are making progress. Advancing the kingdom of God. Bringing a harvest into your kingdom. In the name of Jesus. We receive your grace and your anointing to declare your word. That we speak only as the oracles of God. And minister on your ability, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we honor you. We bless you. We praise you, Lord. Thank you for the new day. We embrace the new day. We embrace our new season. We embrace your new dimension. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mama mande de ke sheke tolo do Mama mande de ke be sheke tolo do Mama mama sheke tolo do Yeah, come in here. Mara, bring your wife. Mama mande de ke be sheke tolo do kobara kaba sheke to. Mera kaba shaka tolo kobara kaba. Mama mande de ke be Mama manda rakaba baba shaka Ereke besoko tolo doko barakaba Marakaba sheke tolo doko barakaba Mama 